Hello everyone. Welcome to Switchcraft, the fingerboard podcast. My name is Jana and this time I'm being joined by James. Hi everyone. Uh, my name is James, as you heard from Jana. Thanks for the wonderful introduction. I go by he, him, and my name is Slim Benzine on Instagram. Yeah, and uh, uh, James and I uh, have known of each other for quite a while, and we've been in like various hangouts uh, through uh, Discord or yes, things like that. Um, yeah, and I uh, wanted to talk to him for multiple uh, multitude of reasons. Uh, let's start first with I think the the easier topics. Um, the first one is I think you're the first like pure rider that I'm interviewing. I think uh, other than that, before I only interviewed people who had like companies or YouTube channels and things like that. That's wonderful. It's it's super interesting that I'm the first on the Switchcraft podcast, and I'm honored. Yeah. Um. So uh, let's start with uh, how long have you been fingerboarding, and what got you into fingerboarding? Sure. Uh, I've been fingerboarding very on and off since about, I think, 2009. I was in sixth or seventh grade in New York City where I discovered uh, Tech Techs and I saw kids flipping these little skateboards up into the air, hitting the ceiling, and I was very interested. For whatever reason, I was oh, very big in. I believe I was 11 or 12 years old, maybe 13. Because I'm never quite sure like what grades you are in the States, uh, right. like, what age you are in a certain uh, certain grade. I barely know that in German. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm in graduate school now. So for me, it's it's also a hassle. I It's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, been a while. Out of school and out of university for a while. Like I, I started studying 10 years ago and I finished like six years ago or something like that. Wow. So. Right, it's been right. a while. Right. I feel like these, I feel it. I feel it. Um, so I was about 11 or 12, maybe 13. And uh, I saw these videos. I don't know whose videos I ran into first, but I saw unboxings and I saw things about Flatface and Mike and, and Vicious274 and all these kind of people who were growing up in the scene. Uh, uh, And I saw things about companies. I think the first time I saw a welcome edit to a to a company for a rider was, uh, I think Yellowwood, like Danilo, Danilo twenty twenty or something. Yeah. yeah. And I it opened up a whole new world for me. And I think my first wooden board was Z Shred. I think this was a company out in California. Uh, yeah, I think I've heard of them, but I never seen a board, and I don't think they're around anymore, right? No, no, they're not around. Um, Funny enough, years down the line, after I had bought Z Shreds and had moved on to writing like a flat face deck, I believe this was 2013. Uh, so it had been a few years since I picked up fingerboarding. Uh, I saw the email on the Christmas list that he was closing the company down and he had sent a bunch of boards to my house and it was very interesting. I wasn't expecting it. Ah, oh, that's, that's cool. At least. It was very nice. I think he had gone down the customer list or something and just sent a bunch of blend decks for people to enjoy and it was wonderful that that's a cool way a cool thing to do when you close out a company it was very nice of, of whoever runs that company i hope they're doing mm. well you, you don't know if that person like who that was or if that person is still in the com in the community right no no i was so i so i had no idea what networking was at this time and so i never bothered to consider you know that this is a board that someone made someone a human being in yeah. another place made this and <laughs> right it's it's been through many hands and now it's in my possession and yeah i think my relationship with fingerboarding now is very different yeah that's probably true like when when i first got my first wooden fingerboard i knew exactly who made it uh, or at least who was responsible for making it Because like back then the the German scene was so small, everybody knew that uh, Timo Lieben was the guy behind Berlinwood, or I see. that Flaky uh, was the guy behind Shortwood, or uh, Valerie Müller and Fabian Schreiter were behind Favor, and like you, you just knew most of the people who were because back then there weren't that many board companies, and so you knew 
most of them and who who they were. Um, wow. Uh, speaking of uh, board companies, you uh, seem to have quite an obsession with Flint. I'm I'm a big Flint fan. Yeah, that's true. I yeah. I... Sure, sure. Go ahead. No, uh, no, you you go ahead. I first discovered Flint uh, from a friend, David, out in Staten Island. And this was when I was first getting back into fingerboarding. I had gone back to what I thought was familiar. I went back to a flat face G15. And that was plenty of fun. And I saw this really mellow board. And I thought, how can anybody pop such a mellow board? I put my fingers on yeah, it. And I, I tried a few tricks. And the mellow board just felt rewarding. It felt like I had control of the board. and for whatever reason, I've been very attached to Flint. The shape just matches my style, and I'm a I'm a big fan. Luz does some good work. Yeah, he he does. Uh, he's he's been one of my dream guests to get, and I think it was an amazing chat I had with him. Right. Yeah, and I love his sports, like pretty much everyone. Right, right. They're incredible. His his attention to detail and I think the unboxing experience, it reminds me of when I was 13 years old in 2009 and opening a white bubble mailer and seeing boxes and seeing uh, all these components and the little things, the stickers and, and, and the additions. I think the experience mm. also plays into it. And uh, Yeah, his, his packaging is something that's just... Like no one else is doing that in fingerboarding. Like a lot of people are doing the shrink wrap thing from right. uh, like real board or big boards. Uh, some uh, some are doing like the let, let's call it cardboard box thing, like like river. Uh, a lot of people just do like a envelope thing, like a folded piece of paper with slits in it, and he's pretty much the only one that does like a unique packaging with like lots of thought that went into it. Right. Right. And I honestly, I have to say I hats off to him because he, he played into the experience very well. And I think that for us, this is a, a fun hobby. It's a, it's a hobby about memories. It's a hobby about friends. It's a hobby about all these kind of things that, make us have warm feelings inside when we think about fingerboarding and, and our closest friends and, and hanging out. Um, as, as someone who's like primarily a writer, have you ever had, uh, had the feeling like you need to do something in fingerboarding? Like you need to start a company? Cause that's something that always was in my mind. Like, oh, everybody is doing like some cool shit and I'm right. Right. Anything. Like it's part of the reason why I started the podcast because I was like, "Hey, nobody's doing a podcast, and I'm a huge podcast listener." It's true. It's true. I I think that there is this sort of pressure, especially from uh, I guess younger fingerboarders coming up in the scene to yeah. look into buying like the beginner molds and buying the beginner veneer because in their minds they want to understand the process, which is wonderful. Mm. But I think that. In the beginning, I did get caught up in trying to start something that proprietary, something novel that maybe no one else was doing, like, I don't know, uh, <laughs> drilling holes into tech deck wheels. And, and <laughs> at this point, I was silly. I don't know what I was doing. I didn't have access to proper tools, but I tried to drill or tried to strip the inside of a lock nut. And then I thought I could use that as a bearing for a tech deck wheel. <laughs> uh, that didn't work out too well. I would... At least you or, tried. <laughs> I tried. I tried. And I saw that it didn't work. So uh, I'd do other things. I'd, I'd uh, paint my friend's tech deck trucks because finding painted trucks at one point was pretty difficult uh, when we didn't know about <laughs> buying online and stuff. And yeah, I, I, I guess there is this sort of pressure to, to kind of start a company or to get sponsored or to be involved in an event. and it's great and it's wonderful for the people who can juggle those kind of things. For me personally, I'm so busy with other stuff that at mm. this point I'm more focused on the fingerboarding and uh, 
when I picked fingerboarding back up in, in college, uh, it was mostly about de-stressing and going back to a mm-hmm. hobby that I remembered. It was more about the fun part and the experience. So I wasn't caught up in doing anything else and starting a company and anything of the like. Yeah, because like those things, I I think get, are getting underestimated like all the time. Because I hear so many times from people just starting out being like, "Oh, I want to make my own decks because it's much cheaper that way." And I'm like, "Well, I don't think it is." If only you <laughs> knew. You the, made... Oh no! Sure, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, because yeah, I think we're we're getting at the same point. You need so many things and tools and it's so much work and such a like iteration until you get the, a good product like i i know what i like but there's already what i like so and i know how it's done i could like i could possibly buy the tools i need and do a decent job but like for me there's no reason why like i much right. rather have someone else have the hassle and yeah just support them Right. In that case, you're supporting an individual person, you're supporting an artist, you're supporting the craft. And uh, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And uh, you're also someone who has uh, more than one setup. Am I remember, remembering that correctly? Yeah, yeah. I am, one setup? <laughs> I'm tinkering. I... So, of course, I had a flint set up. I had this flint with a Japan graphic. I think it's the probably yeah, my favorite graphic. One. Yeah, that's that's an absolutely stunning one. In the logo series, that is the killer. And, yeah, it's just wonderful to, to have that as a daily setup. So I have that set up with black uh, BRTs and some OG Joy Colts. I'm, I'm a big fan of the black, white, and, like, black and white swirl or gray wheels. And I've been riding all black tuning on my BRTs. So that's been fun. That's kind of my signature now. Yeah, nice. Do you, uh, do you have a local scene? Like, uh, yeah, do you have others sure. uh, about with regularly? This is going to be an interesting talk. I, I, there is a local scene in New York. And for a long time, I didn't think there were fingerboarders in New York City, despite how big the city is. And come to find out through Instagram and social media, a ton of us kind of got together and had regular meetups. And uh, because of COVID, that, of course, stopped. But the year prior, Mm -hmm. we we were on a roll. We went to Woos. We went to Store Sesh. Uh, Katha met up with us, and we had a great time with Katha. Oh, yeah. I remember Um, her her being in New York for a while. She's amazing. She's she's an incredible person. And I think a friend of mine also was in New York for a while, uh, Mauro. Yes, yes, yes. Mauro, Mauro was out there, and I met Mauro, and we had a good time. Mauro's a nice guy, also. He's yeah, awesome people. He yeah, he he made the Azzy website when the old one got uh, got hacked. Interesting. I didn't yeah. know that. He's a humble yeah. guy. He would never tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He never told me. Wow, cool. Uh, now, so it's interesting because I'm no longer in New York city. Actually, I'm at, I'm in Indiana for graduate school. Uh, I'm doing my PhD now. And, uh, um, how, far, how far away is that roughly? Cause I, I know of Indiana, but I couldn't point it to you. It's pretty map. darn far. I'm in the same time zone as New York, but driving, I think is 13 hours, if I'm not mistaken. That's a bit. Yes. It's quite a, quite a drive. Um, and flying here is a bit of a hassle because you have to make connecting flights. There's mm. there aren't too many direct flights from New York City to uh, Indiana. Because I've been so busy with school, I haven't really gotten a chance to explore the scene out here. And of course, COVID. But uh, I think I'm not too far from Todd Cuzzard over at No Comply, one of the OGs. Mm. So mm. I hope that if there's events that happen, I can, you know, show my face there, show my support for the scene and continue to be around people, even if I'm not in New York city. Yeah, cool. And I think this is a good point to pivot to, uh, to a different topic. So, um, there was recently an infamous live stream. I think we can call it. Sure. Uh, 
made by someone who's I think also from the New York area. I think from Jersey. If I yeah, that's right. That Next part. door neighbors. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, there was uh, and he's a, he's a white dude, and there was the N word thrown uh, out there, and right. like in in the aftermath, there were a lot of people saying a bunch of things, and yes. there were a lot of people pointing out that <laughs> what he said wasn't okay, and there were right. a bunch of people defending him he was defending himself and things like that and i don't want to talk about that like specific instance uh, sure. instant for too long because i think there's a lot of things that were said about it and yeah i don't want to point fingers too much but i want to take this op as an opportunity to uh, talk about uh, race and uh, different ethnicities and diversity in fingerboarding because when you look on Instagram, it's primarily, let's say, 13 to 16 year old white kids, yep. a bunch of like 30 year old uh, white guys. And yeah, then it's like very, very small amount of people from other demographics, let's call it that. Right. Uh, how How has it been for you as a as a black man in the fingerboard community, do you feel like there aren't a lot, uh, a lot other uh, black people in the sure. community, or is it just something that that I see? Like here in Germany, we have a different, different mix uh, of races right. in, in the states. Right. So I think here it's like even even worse. So yeah, is that something that's just like? coming from me as a European? Oh, oh no, definitely not. So I, again, it's important. I like that you mentioned the fact that the demographics are different because when we analyze a society, we need to look at it from its own point of view. We can't analyze it from our own biased perspective. It, yeah, it's a thing. It's definitely a thing. It's gotten better. There are more black fingerboarders, more fingerboarders of color, uh, more fingerboarders who uh, don't fit this uh, this white male mold. Mm -hmm. And it's wonderful. It's good to see that it's changing. But still, we're we're pretty scarce. Uh, <laughs> being at Woos for the first time ever was was an experience. And there were there were very few of us. I know that on Flatface there are a few team writers who are people of color, and and that's great. And they've been on the team for a while, like Ronnie and, and, and other folks. But yeah, there's not so many of us. It's it's not a thing that's it's not just a thing in Germany. It's it's definitely a thing in the States. Because uh, like I mentioned to you before we started recording, I think I know more lesbians who fingerboard than I know uh, people of color who fingerboard. And I that that's that just feels a bit weird. Like it's it's incredible. <laughs> it really is like, incredible, and I I wish like that I could. At how... Yeah, go on. Sorry. Sorry. I I wish that I could uh, pinpoint to exactly why why is it that there are so few of us? Why? But I can't give you any concrete reasons. Um, it's not that. People aren't discovering what fingerboarding is. Tech decks are everywhere. I mean, kids in the kind of neighborhoods that I grew up in knew about tech decks, but very few of us kind of kept with the hobby. And I, I'm not sure what it is. I, I wish I could answer. Yeah, and also in in skateboarding, that isn't really really like that. Like in skateboarding, there's a lot of a lot more people of color. Uh, doing it and since uh, since both hobbies are have i think especially from the fingerboard point of view have a lot of overlap like a lot of yes. people who are interested in fingerboarding are also interested in skateboarding right maybe not always the other way around but yeah i always find it strange that in skateboarding it's gotten much better since uh, like when i was a kid looking at skateboard magazines back then it was mostly White guys, Alyssa Steamer and Kareem Campbell. 
Like that, that, that was basically the, the demographic back then. And we, we've come a long way from, from like, let's say the, uh, the late nineties. So, right. Yeah. And it, it just feels weird, for, uh, weird to me that fingerboarding never made that never got like more, more inclusive and more. Yeah. It's very interesting. I, again, so I'm not a skater. I, I, I tried and, uh, my Walmart board got run over. So that was a sign for me to keep fingerboarding and to stop skating. However, I think it's that history of skating, that, that inclusivity, those skaters were just trying to have fun, have a great time, learn tricks mm-hmm. and, and challenge each other and, and enjoy this sport and this hobby. And I think they, they were inclusive because they were all oppressed. You know, the cops were, mm-hmm. have always been uh, pretty, pretty tough on skaters. Um, and it was also looked down like uh, from a society uh, point of view right like, uh, kids like Tony Hawk talks uh, talks about that all the time that he got bullied like for most of his uh, school career for being a skater fag as he uh, got called all the time and I think, be- I think because of that skateboarding tried to be a uh, uh, so inclusive because it was like a bunch of misfits and I always felt the same way about fingerboarding like uh, all of us are like uh, most people who fingerboard are interesting in one way of, or the other like we we as fingerboard like I, I have the firm belief that when you are interested in hobbies that are a bit unique and uh, like like things that not everybody likes that says something about you and it builds character and therefore i think a lot of fingerboarders are much more interesting to talk to than let's say the the skater dude who goes to the skate park 10 hours a day and that's about it. Not saying that that's a bad thing. Like, like I right. said, I'm a huge right. fan of skating, but I think it's just, it says like a lot more about the personality. Yeah. And, and the fact that you can fingerboard anywhere contributes to this. I mean, even if mm-hmm. I'm super, super busy at, at, at work and I need to prepare a lesson for my students or something, I, I take my five minute break and I fingerboard on my, on my mat at night and I have a great time. And it's all about balance. Yeah, yeah. T- today was actually one of the first days where I wanted to fingerboard, uh, but couldn't because I was uh, working with super glue and all my fingertips were like covered in super glue and it, I couldn't feel the board. Oh my goodness! I feel your pain. I feel your pain. <laughs> yeah, I'm still uh, having the the remnants on my finger. Fingertips. I see, and now it's peeling, but, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Um. Uh, do you do you ever feel like uh, you were being looked at funny in like uh, let's say meetups uh, of fingerboarders or whatever? Sure, sure. I have I have yeah. some experiences. Um, yeah, definitely. I, so even so, digitally, yeah. I I think I used to post these silly videos. I'm a 13 year old kid. I'm sure I said things that I shouldn't have said as a 13 year old kid on YouTube, and I'm well, sure it was annoying. Right. <laughs> And I, I remember, yeah, <laughs> I mean, who wasn't, right? Yeah. But explicitly, like, so I don't want to say any names, but explicitly, I remember people who were sponsored riders who would comment on my things and I'd, I'd get excited thinking, oh, maybe I did something cool for once. And I'd check and it'd be a derogatory comment or it'd be something negative or, or something, you know, not not something that I'd want to read, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, there were a few incidents, and I didn't take them too seriously at the time. But now, being older, I kind of understand where these feelings are coming from, where these negative thoughts from people are coming from. Uh, and I think at meetups, it's interesting because uh, people don't know sometimes if they want to approach me, or uh, it's I don't know how to describe it. People who don't know me, they don't recognize the face. So it's sometimes they're kind of weary and then they see that I'm, oh, he's a cool kid. Oh, cool, sweet. And then we talk about setups and we have mm-hmm. a great time. But it's interesting. People are very care- more careful sometimes how they approach you. Uh, 
this one was funny. This was this one I wasn't too upset about. A kid, so I had curly hair at this time, and a kid asked, uh, "Are you Lil Tecca?" It's this this artist. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny, but then again, it's like being the only black kid at the store sesh. You would you would think that I would look like <laughs> this other artist, but yeah, uh, but yeah, I think so. And I think you know, it's not it's not exclusive to fingerboarding, but. It, you know, I stand out a little bit, let's say, in fingerboarding more than I do in other places and other spaces that I that I navigate. Yeah, yeah, I I don't want to uh, uh, draw similarities too much, but yeah, I I also have the feeling that I stand out at a fingerboard event like much more than other people, and I also do get uh, derogatory terms thrown at me. Okay quite quite often like not not so much at like events but in like uh, when i'm just at the aussie store there's always a little kid talking some shit but i see i see yeah Yeah. kids and and you know what it it's it's sad that it's coming from a kid because i know that or most probably it's not coming directly from him it's it's rooted in some some frustration something he learned Mm. at home something he overheard yeah, or uh, just not being being exposed to uh, people sure. that look different from you, and I think that's sure. that's where a lot of that comes from, and maybe even in fingerboarding, since in fingerboarding, the like we discussed, there's so few people of color, and yeah, yeah, I don't know, like it's it's true, yeah. it's true. I I can't think off the top of my head a person of color who had a big following on YouTube. Uh, I might be mistaken. There might be a few here and there, but I, I, I certainly can't, can't, uh, can't think of one. There was a uh, hero. Asian man was, was a nice channel. I used to follow. I think he posted some stuff recently, maybe in the past few years, but other than that, I, yeah, I can't really, can't really think of anybody and uh what uh how did you feel during the whole fallout uh of the live stream that happened a couple days ago were there like how how did because what i was like i wholeheartedly disagreed with with the guy because some things you just you just don't say, and you right. you know where the line is. Right. But I also feel if, uh, as as a white person, when it comes to uh, to race uh, debates, it, there's always the line of of being of like taking the uh, the voice away from the people who are directly affected by it. So right. I always try to to show my support, but don't. Like, don't step into the to the light uh, too much. And I really enjoyed. Uh, uh, there was one one guy who's fairly new at fingerboarding. Like, I can't can't remember uh, his Instagram name. And he was uh, uh, also uh, uh, also a man of color. And sure. he he made a really good uh, really good like answer piece uh, and. Yeah, I. So I think I, I. Oh, I yes, 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 yes. I I shared it on my page. I can't remember his name, but yeah, I'm, I'm blanking as well. Maybe I can find it in my we're mentions. Both, we're both on the same page, though. I think I I remember. Uh, yeah, yeah, he had some great points, and and I agree with him wholeheartedly. I think he's a he's a brother out of California. I yeah, I think uh, I think I found him. Um, yeah. Uh, Fungi the fingerboarder. That's him. That's him. Shout out to you, man. I hope you're doing well out there in Cali. Uh, and yeah, we appreciate your words. And and I think he said it best. He summed it up. Yeah, yeah, he did. I I was pretty disappointed to hear the comments because you know this is somebody who I I considered maybe not close friends because we weren't too close, but this is someone we hung out with. This is someone who was a part of that East Coast crew that we were trying to work on. That was a part of. Mm-hmm this whole New Jersey, New York city thing. Uh, so, so yes, I, I was disappointed to hear it. I, 
on one hand, I can't say I'm surprised. There were certain signs that I saw that I, I felt. Okay, because uh, like I I heard like uh, like I only heard people in the comments defending him, uh, being like, "Oh no, you don't know him," and right. he's such a cool guy. And I I never heard that side. He's he's an all right guy. I'll give him that. But you, know, mm. there were things that I saw that. Now looking back on it, I understand where where this is coming from, um, mm. but I hope he's doing all right, and I hope he can move past this. But again, inappropriate, and yeah, that wasn't cool. I've been distancing myself and, a little bit since then, but yeah, and uh, like where I always like, I'm I'm a firm, firm believer of you you can make mistakes, but it's mostly about how you handle them. And right. there, there are some things that aren't mistakes. Like something like that isn't really a mistake. Even because like, but even like doing something, doing something wrong and doing something where you later realize that like, like we discussed earlier, we both were 13 and were annoying and like, it's okay to look back and be like, okay, uh, that w really wasn't cool what I did. There. Right. These are things but, we learn from. Yeah, but uh, it's like in in his, especially in his first statements, I didn't really get that. Right. And it was all about the, the classic non-apology being like, hey, uh, if you heard something you didn't like, then I'm sorry. Right. And It's distancing him from yeah. the issue and from the problem. Uh, yeah, you're you're right. It's a totally different mistake. It's not like when we were 13 and we made a silly mistake and we learned our lesson. This is different. You're a grown adult with a salary, with a family to support, with friends of color, people yeah. of color who support you, people of color who look up to you. And for that, for you to even think about that coming out of your mouth is is beyond me but again I'm, i'm disappointed that it happened but i hope he's doing well though yeah yeah and i uh, like i hope that this could be a a moment of of growth in in the fingerboard community and this, this is like one of the reasons why i uh, wanted to uh, to make this interview because i think we in like lately the fingerboard community is so prevalent on uh, instagram particularly And Instagram is such a fast media that things are over in like three days. And I wanted to take this as a as a like moment in time, uh, similar to to other uh, things that happened uh, this year with people of color repeatedly getting shot by the uh, American police. Right. So and same with people. Uh, mentioning it there and people trying to raise awareness and trying to mark it as a moment in time i think on a much smaller scale we can try to see this as a as a like point where fingerboarding is at and where the community is at and see how many people defend that sort of behavior and how many people from all over the world agree with that that is just not a behavior we want in our scene, scene right right and and i'm excited on one hand i'm I'm glad that we had this kind of shocking event happen because you see the sides you see the division between people and you see who stands on on what and you see what kind of beliefs people have and and what they think about the situation so you know more or less who to avoid who to who to talk to who to discuss with more so mm. It, I'm sad it happened, but I'm glad that you know we're we're discussing it, we're talking about it, we're recognizing that it happened. Yeah, I think yeah, every, time, steps. every time there's something negative in the scene, I try to just look at where it's coming from and who the people are on each side, and then try to avoid those people on the side I don't agree with. And I think sure. this is something that like. And I also don't want to want to like brand anyone uh, who who defended that guy uh, like 
if you firmly believe that there was something like I don't even know how you would defend it, but uh, <laughs> like just yeah, I I'm not I'm not trying to hold too much against those people and try to get everyone an opportunity to to learn from from the situation and to sure. to go into themselves and f think about much more important issues than fingerboarding and yeah just hope that the scene as a whole grows from from this thing right it's important for us to remember these these events and and if possible forgive the individuals involved um forgiveness is a is a big thing it's important mm. however some things are inexcusable and and I'm not excusing him. I'm not cool with it. I don't think I can be friends with that guy anymore. But mm. you know, to each his own. He, I want to see him prosper, but not not at my table. Yeah, so to speak. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Maybe we uh, we uh, switch to much lighter topics now. Again, I think we we gave it a certain like an appropriate time, and I've really hope that this is going to be something that maybe people go back and listen to it when the next controversial thing happens <laughs> it will happen it will happen eventually like it's, it's the internet to. yeah it, absolutely let's, yeah let, let's just hope that the uh, scene as a whole will uh, will grow uh, and yeah let's if you if you ever do something wrong, really apologize and apologize to those affected. And right. don't don't put excuses in your apology. I think that that's something you can take away regardless of the situation. If you fuck right. up, own it and say, yeah, shouldn't have happened. Try to not make it happen again. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. but... Um, I uh, will now uh, switch to something that I do with all of my guests. Sweet. Um, I uh, want to shoot a couple of quick questions uh, at you. And sure. yeah, you just answer them with the first thing that comes to your mind. And if you spend a bit more on one question, that's not, not too bad. But uh, we try to get through them in a rapid way. Sure so, thing. Yeah, uh, what's your favorite wheel? Favorite wheel? Anything boxy? Uh, OG Joy Colt. Oh, yeah. Uh, favorite deck and shape? Ooh. Uh, favorite deck? Flint. Favorite shape? Cozy shape from uh, Whoop. Ah, I've never tried a Whoop. Uh, Cozy is the perfect word. Your fingers will fit on it perfectly. And yeah, I hope you try one soon. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'll get over my over the reasons why I didn't buy one yet. Um, sure, I, I get it. It's pretty. It's pretty controversial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, favorite trick and flat. Favorite trick on flat heel flip, one hundred percent or backside heel. Oh yeah, you were good at those. I remember. Love them. Um, uh, favorite trick on an obstacle. Oh, favorite trick on an obstacle. I would have to say Nolly Flip Front Smith. Yeah, that, that's cool. that's a cool trick. Awkward. Like, I always find those tricks where you pop on the nose and put pressure on the tail in a grind. Those are really hard for me. They're so cool, though. Yeah, they are really cool, but they are always so fiddly, like switching switching around it's true um, it's tough what's your favorite uh, song right now favorite song oh uh, i'm gonna have to think about that one for a sec probably chef g uh how does it go no yeah <laughs> probably a chef I, g song. I don't i i don't think i would have heard of it no it's it, I, I, very few people have heard of him but he's he's coming up it's this uh brooklyn rapper i'm very 
I'm very uh, big on the hip hop because I'm I'm from the Bronx, New York. I'm from the home of hip hop. Yeah, oh, you. I I think you pretty much have to when you right. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a necessity. Yeah. Um. Uh, outdoor or indoor fingerboarding? Outdoor or indoor? Indoor. Uh, what do you want to do for a living? <laughs> Hopefully chemistry. Ah, cool. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I think there's one other uh, chemist in the fingerboard scene, uh, Gene Zingas uh, from Berlin. Oh, interesting. I didn't Are know. The there yeah, are two uh, of us. I uh, I gave him the the uh, small tangent here. Uh, there's a five luck uh, graphic where the uh, the team got like each uh, everyone got a graphic, and Bert made himself or got himself a scientist one made where he has like no a way. like a like a I I don't know what that's called in in English but those glass sure. things the beaker I think sure yeah, sure. And uh, Gene mentioned to me that he really liked that graphic since it's the only like chemistry wow. So I got him that for his birthday and That's it was like I think it was the last one Bird had, like the last of the, you, of the uh, real wear things. You did really good, Yana, with that gift. You did really good. Well, I just remembered that he said that he really wanted one and oh, I was like, yeah, awesome. I think I can make that happen. That's no, that's very um, nice of you. Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't think there are too many chemists, but also yeah, yeah, uh, I don't know too many jobs of fingerboarders. I'm sorry, I don't know too many jobs of fingerboarders now that I think. Oh, about. interesting. And yeah, uh, there's a let's see, little known fact. Uh, have you heard of Doctor Fingerskate? Uh, yeah, I know that. Very cool guy. Nice collector. Uh, I think he's a scientist. Uh, there's a friend of mine who's applying now to, to school to do some chemistry. She graduated with her chemistry degree. Her name's Michelle. I think her fingerboard Instagram is MLP underscore fam, P-H-A-M. I don't know. Very nice. One. She's very cool. And I thought I followed most female fingerboarders. Yeah, I will check that out later. Sure, um, sure. Uh, what's your favorite obstacle? Oh, uh, my loft vista, probably. Oh yeah, loft loft is a really nice brand. Isn't he also from uh, from he the is, New York area? He's from upstate New York. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting there with my fingerboard uh, geographic. I I see you. You've got the United States covered: the East Coast, the West Coast, <laughs> yeah. Indiana. Um, what's your Instagram name? My Instagram name is Slim, S-L-I-M, Benzene, B-E-N-Z-E-N-E. That's gotten a lot of questions. Yeah. Uh, is there like is there a story behind that name? Sure, yeah. Uh, the slim part is just because I'm a slim, a slim guy. I'm a slimmer guy. And mm -hmm. the benzene portion is because I'm a chemist. The benzene ring is it's a chemical. Ah, okay. Yeah, in, uh, in German, uh, benzin is uh, petrol uh, or, or gas. So. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It, it, it's a flammable mm -hmm. organic solvent. Uh, uh, do you prefer concrete or wood? Ooh. Concrete or wood? Wood. I'm going to say granite. Yeah. I, when your favorite obstacle is a uh, is a <laughs> loft, I, I think I should should have included that one. <laughs> but uh, I I really love oak wheels on wood. Oak wheels on wood are super and it's it's lovely. But um, I've had the chance to try some concrete, and it some concrete is pretty fun. It depends. I really like the concrete that has a texture still but is still very smooth it's very hard to find this mm -hmm. specific kind of concrete yeah each uh, each surface is completely different and i i get the wheel thing like i i like uh, some wheels on just on wood some i don't like on wood some i like on granite yeah it's it's so interesting like some urethane wheels on black river parks are way too grippy uh, 
That's right. I sometimes like plastic, so uh, flat face wheels on uh, black river parks, but I can't ride plastic wheels on like a granite uh, granite park or a concrete park. Right. Yeah. The slip factor, it's, it's not only the components on your setup, the surface, the riding surface, 100%, I'm sure we yeah. all agree matters. Funny that I said I want to get through the questions quickly, and I'm now I'm going on tangents uh, on every second question. Well, it's, been um, a, it's been a great convo. We've, we've talked yeah. about a wide range of topics. Yeah. Uh, do you have hobbies outside of fingerboarding? Yeah, I, I like to take pictures every now and then. I don't think I'm very good at them, but uh, there's that. I like to lift weights. I was sick with COVID, and now I'm COVID-free, thankfully. So I couldn't lift for quite Ooh. a while, and I'm super sad, but I, I'm doing things. Good to hear that, that, that you got fruit. Uh, yeah, thanks. I, I was pretty quiet, and people were worried, but I'm, I'm alive and well. So I, I have hobbies and things, and, and I think for the stuff that I do for my school and, and my work, so I, I teach kids in college, too, as a part of my PhD contract. It's busy and having the hobbies is super important because you get stressed. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's stressful. Yeah, I can imagine. And maybe with the uh, lifting weights, maybe in the future you won't be slim benzene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm actually not so slim anymore. It's crazy. I, I look totally different now and my fiance is going to be super surprised when she sees me. But yeah, I, nice. I wait. Yeah. Do you have a favorite fingerboard video? Favorite fingerboard video? I think I have one. If I had to pick one, my favorite fingerboard videos to watch were probably Toa Bex. I don't think I know that. Toa Bex, I think, was in the UK, and I think I think Katha liked watching him too, and. Watching him, it was, it was a different perspective. His videos were clean, and it wasn't just fingerboarding. It was all kinds of other things. I got introduced to rollerblading, and I never thought I'd want to try rollerblading until I saw him try it. And it was all these other things. It was like a daily vlog, and he'd include an edit, and he'd show how he'd start his edit. And I think now he still fingerboards, mostly to uh, help him with his piano playing, but his videos were incredible. Ah, oh, cool. I need to check that out. Um, uh, do you have a favorite stance? So do you like switch, regular, nollie, or fakie the most? Inter oh, interesting. I think, I think nollie for now is my favorite. Switch is super fun. I'm mm -hmm. just starting to get into the nollie and the switch, so that's that's been fun. Um, I, I like it. Yeah. I like Nolly much more than I do like Switch. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, if you could get one uh, Black River Park, which one would you get? Oh, uh, I know. It's I don't know which park it is, but it's the one with this with the it's on one side. Uh, sorry, you were cutting out uh, for a second. Oh, so sorry. Can you hear me better? Yeah, yeah, like kept cutting, uh, getting quieter and louder. But yeah, I think no, it's good. Okay, again. Okay, sure. So, so which one? The one with the wave? Yes, yes, it's this one with the wave on one side. That's the the G eight. G eight. I think that park is super fun, and anytime I get a chance to go to Story Session Vues, I I love that little section. I, I really love that park, but like if I would have that park, I would rip out the the wobbles immediately. Really, I, that's my least favorite section about the park. They're difficult. Yeah. I I can't pop any tricks on it, but riding the yeah. wave is super cool. I I just like how it feels. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I would like take it out and have it like somewhere on the side, just as a wee. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, do you prefer to have flat ground with one obstacle or a fingerboard park? If I'm at home, it's going to be flat ground and one obstacle. If I'm somewhere else with plenty of space, then definitely a park. Yeah, ha having a park is really nice. 
Uh, heel flip or kick flip? Heel flip, 100%. No question. Yeah, I'm kick flip all the way. Okay, um, I love it. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite fingerboarder? Favorite fingerboarders right now are Ryan from Loft, and I think Maria is pretty good. Maria is sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Ryan, like, his flat face part blew me away. I would. I think I need to see it. Is is it covered in granite? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's a like all on his loft obstacles, and it was I think the second to last part on the flat face video Mike posted earlier this year, and it was by far the best one. Like edit, music, filming, yeah. spot, trick selection like how clean it was he's incredible if yeah if i, I think i need to rewatch that part i would love to emulate his style and something about it is just it's just clean the film is clean the tricks are clean and it's it's gorgeous it's it's lovely to watch yeah um do you remember your first fingerboard event my first fingerboard event was uh store session or rendezvous it was rendezvous actually and it was the biggest rendezvous after all these years of living so close to massachusetts right next door in new york city yeah finally i had the chance uh last year to go to booze and it was a wonderful time yeah i really want to go like yeah some someday i will make it happen I hope so. I hope so. And I hope I'm there too, so we can meet and chat. And Yeah, absolutely. Uh, homemade or bought ramps? I'm sorry? Uh, do you like DIY ramps or bought ramps? Oh. <laughs> I think I'm open to DIY, but um, mostly buying. Mostly buying. Mm. I think... I generally don't have the space or time to make them, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's your favorite food right now? Favorite food right now? I'm going to have to say grapes. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I've been eating a ton of grapes, and I've always been a fan of grapes, but <laughs> during this time, stressed out and wanting a snack, yeah, yeah grapes, grapes. I I should should have, have grapes at home. I think they are a great snack. And I try to snack less. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I uh, me too. Loose or tight or medium trucks? Uh, medium. Anything medium to loose. I'm not a big fan of wobbles. Mm. But definitely a nice loose medium. Uh, what was your last personal NBD? So the last trick... Uh, you landed for the first time for yourself. I didn't like how I filmed it, but it took me like hours and hours and hours over a period of two days. It was a nolly flip front uh, tail slide, I think. It's in one of my edits. I, mm -hmm. I'll share it tonight probably. <laughs> but that, mm -hmm. was, that, was, that was a tough trick for me. Yeah, it's like a like weird rotation. It's like going uh, backwards almost. I yeah. yeah. Um, what would be your most hated trick in a game of skate? Tray flip. Tray flip. Tray flip. Believe it or I not, think that, I think that's the first time I heard that. Yeah, I I got back into fingerboarding and didn't bother practicing tray flips. Okay. How a lot of people don't practice heel flips, but tray flips, I... Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. That's you know, one other guy who also doesn't like tray flips at all now that I think of it. I wish I could land them like uh, Scott B. I think Scott B's tray flip is beautiful for some reason. It has, uh, there's a German guy who has, uh, in my opinion, the, the cleanest switch trays, like Uh, yeah, he. Because I I don't really like how my switch trays look because uh, I scoop them and mm -hmm. don't really flick them, oh. and his are like very horizontal and yeah, beautiful. 
so uh, yeah, uh, his name is von uh, like V O N R D N on Instagram. If anyone, V O. But he he doesn't have too much in, uh, too much fingerboard content on there. I think, but yeah, he uh, he definitely definitely has the the nicest switch trays that I know of. Um, plastic or urethane wheels? Urethane. Uh, what's your favorite beverage? Favorite beverage? Seltzer. Oh. Um, uh, do you have any sponsors? No, no sponsors. Uh, my wallet, my fiance. <laughs> yeah, sa- uh, what's the same for me for a long time? Yeah, I see. So you're on, is it five luck? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on five luck for right. pretty much a year now. Wonderful. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah, I, I, uh, I think a year ago I released my welcome part. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, uh, do you like 32 or 34 millimeter? 34, but I haven't tried 32 in a long time uh, and properly. I never had a yeah. 32 board. Yeah, same. I haven't had a, 20, uh, a 32 in ages. My first, I had um, a 32. Do you have... Sure, sure. No, no, continue. I had a set of 34, 32 BRTs in white, and they were my first BRTs, but they were sitting on a 29 millimeter classic Berlin wood. Weird, I know. Yeah, that, that's weird. Yeah, I have plenty of 32 millimeter uh, BRTs, but I have them on like decks that are slightly bigger than 32, and with wheels. You can make it work. Right. Why does um, it nice? Hmm? In my opinion, why it is nice. Yeah. Um, do you have dream sponsors? Like, if you could choose a sponsor in fingerboarding, who would it be? Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Would it, I, I think the main question here is, would it be uh, Loft or uh, uh, or Flint? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's in the conversation. <laughs> yeah, definitely. If... If that ever happened, if I ever got good enough to get a sponsor, definitely it would have to be a product that you know I stand by. And yeah, that that was the same for me. Like I, I've been representing Five Luck long before I joined the team. Right. And I I wouldn't join a team where I don't write the boards. Like there's so many cool companies. Like. Unique. I like what uh, Phil from Camel Pro is doing. There are uh, cool German brands that have been popping up lately, uh, like sure. Zisna, uh, who started making boards again. And I like and support all those companies. But yeah, if I if I would uh, would write for someone, it would have to be someone that I stand behind. Sure. What I what I love is how good the products have gotten. The boards have gotten incredible. The trucks have gotten incredible. Everything has gotten yeah. better over time. And what's lovely is that you can support everybody and still have, you know, your favorites. Everyone has their favorites. Yeah. And with uh, with fingerboarding, even though that uh, the prices can sometimes seem a bit a bit high and stuff, but compared to other hobbies. It's still like really affordable, and there are people like uh, Nico Frank, who is famous for writing one setup exactly as it is for like seven years. It's incredible. Like, like I think his old preet was seven years old. The trucks and the wheels the same, and so you you can spend way more money on fingerboarding, sure. but you can also. I think there's an argument being made that Nico Frank is one of the most well-known fingerboarders and definitely in the conversation for uh, one of the cleanest styles. Sure. So, yeah, if uh, if he can make it work with one setup for years without changing anything. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's the beauty in it is that he, he knows his board inside and out. This is a board that yeah. he rides consistently. He knows how it's going to feel every time he puts his fingers on it. And yeah. he's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And like, as soon as a board gets like half a year old for me, I'm like, ah, maybe I 
right. the puppet's yeah. a bit gone, and it's like I'm not as partic- uh, particular about it as like uh, let's say Julian Buono. Okay, like he's like when you touches uh, his stack and have like slightly longer fingernails and make a small indentation in the tape. Oh yeah, he's gonna be pissed. Like okay. and, and wearing his tape down in a very in a specific way that he likes his tape and right. Yeah, yeah, and he has. I mean, uh, I I borrowed a few tricks from him when it comes to setting up a tape. Sure. Like I I uh, uh, I basically clean it over running water before okay. I set it up. Uh, then wipe it down, let it dry, then put it on my board. Because uh, especially if you have uh, if you have engraved tape, there's a lot of like residue that's, oh, that's on the tape. Right, that's right. And and with uh, with the wa- uh, with water, like even if it's not engraved, it basically feels like it's worn in faster. Maybe it's just like a mental thing. Sure. But I'm quite sure that I wear in my FBS much faster than I would otherwise do. Interesting. And, but on the same token, I go through tape quite a lot since I start basically... When I start fingerboarding a tape, it's already more worn than it would be for anyone else. I see. I see. Okay. Interesting. I, yeah, I'm changing tapes a lot because I... <laughs> small details. If Again, like those cuts that happen in the tape because of the fingernail or... Yeah, you mess the tape up on the edge or something. Yeah, um, like when you hit a rail on, like right on on the edge on the yeah. uh, on the front. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite tape? I yeah, definitely FBS and BV always. If it isn't FBS or BV, uh, uh, what what do you mean with oh, uh, do you mean right, right. or um black velvet from fingerboard? Ah, uh, ah yeah, black yeah yeah. Yeah, I uh, didn't didn't make uh, make that connection. So I, okay, I should have I should have spoke. <laughs> no, no, no worries. I I thought that you you meant uh, fingerboard connoisseur's tape, but I was didn't remember how his tape was called. Because oh, yeah, here okay. like we we have we have FBS in Germany, so there's no reason for me to pay shipping. Yeah. I mean, it's a different thing along with FBS. That it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think I should hit up Kata soon to ask if she could, if I could buy one of the big stacks that she has, like the really big Ooh, my stacks God. of tape. Because like every time I'm at the Azi, uh, like especially during the times now where I'm at the shop, like once in a blue moon, right. Like I always pick up a set of uh, like a ten sheet FBS uh, pack because yeah I can never have enough. Like even if I have another pack that I haven't opened yet, it's like yeah okay I'm going to need that in like right. a month. Right. You just know. <laughs> yeah, especially with how many different setups I have, and like if I try a new brand or a new shape. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've been there. That's that sounds like me too. <laughs> yeah. Um. Do you have a favorite Instagram follow that you could recommend to people? Uh, sure. Favorite Instagram follow is going to be I think it's Cam the Steezy Boy with a bunch of underscores. It's this. Uh, he's young. I don't know how old he is, but he's pretty good. He's has some technical tricks. Has tricks that. Are pretty difficult and if he keeps it up he's gonna be pretty good yeah i found him oh he's he's already surpassed us both in followers on instagram not that that really matters but he's, he's no joke yeah it's it's always really surprising to me that i think i'm quite connected in the scene and still i discover fingerboard accounts with like 1k plus and i thought at this point i would be following all of them right but turns out there's so many of us i love it yeah okay it, those rare finds are nice because then you find i saw a fingerboarder and i i can't it's a fingerboarder from the philippines and his fingers the way they sat on a board just completely flat looked like it were it was my hands i sent the clip to my friend and he thought it was me he's like is that you i'm like no 
I can't remember who it was for the life of me. But again, there's so many fingerboarders out there and so many different styles and it's nice to see. Yeah, that, that reminds me that I really need to reach out to the uh, Indonesian and uh, basically the, uh, yeah, the, yeah, those, those things that we don't hear a lot, of, uh, sure, lot about. Sure. That, that Southeast Asia scene, mm -hmm. Asia scene in general has quite a few people that yeah. would be interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I think that uh, brings us to a close. Um, thank you so much for your time. And uh, thanks, uh, thanks everyone uh, for listening. And yeah, you will catch me in the next episode. So yeah, bye.